before we go to the word of God this morning, I want to just pray for yourself and just say, Father, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see. The Bible says that indeed, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. There are so many things awesome in the word of God. But there are specific things that God will say to you to change your life. Therefore, open your mouth and pray and say, Father, speak to me. That Lord, oh God in heaven, although we have gathered here collectively, I ask that you will speak to me specifically. That Lord, it will bring about a change and a transformation in my life. And that your name be glorified, oh God. Ancient of days, oh God in heaven, again I come before you to ask for your help. Even as I share your word, O oh God in heaven, let light, O oh God in heaven, come forth. Just as Christ said, let there be light, and there was light. That Lord, lighten our hearts, O oh God. Lift every burden, O oh God, and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. For those of us who are writing, which I always encourage you to take notes, mainly because there are some things, one of the things that I've learned is that whenever you come under an atmosphere where the word of God is being shared, there are some certain things that will be dropping in your heart. It may not even pertain to the sermon, but that's how God speaks. And that is why Habakkuk will say that, you know, write down the word, make it plain. Hallelujah. That whoever sees may run with it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. In our usual manner, I want us to open our Bibles to the book of First Samuel, the book of First Samuel, First Samuel chapter thirty, and we are reading from verses one. First Samuel chapter thirty, we are reading from verses one to eight. Praise God, Hallelujah, Amen. Are we all there? If if you don't have your Bibles or perhaps you don't have a device to read scriptures, I believe it's on the screen for us to read. Praise God, Hallelujah. And I read, and it says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burnt it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. And so David and his men came to the city. There it was, burnt with fire, their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. Hallelujah. And David and David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. And David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the high priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for surely you shall overtake them and without fail recover all. Hallelujah. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail 
recover all. Hallelujah. Amen. For the benefit of those who perhaps were not here last Sunday, I will just give a brief recap on what we're looking at. We're looking at the path of recovery. In other words, trying to highlight the fact that um, there are some certain systems God has put into place that if we're going to recover what the enemy has stolen, there are certain principles that we must one of the things that I said last Sunday is the fact that all throughout Jesus' ministry, one of the things that he always emphasized was the essence of understanding in the things that was done. Praise God. And every time that he was trying to pass across a message, he always says, if only you knew who was speaking to you. A classical example was in the woman at the well in John chapter 4 verse 10. The Bible says that, and Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. In other words, until she understood the potential, the capacity that Christ had, she was limited in the things that she could demand of Christ. In other words, I was saying last week that, that there are some certain people who could be in your midst, but as a result of not knowing what they are able to do, you are limited in what you are able to ask of them. You know, someone said that the help you need is in the hand of somebody that you are yet to meet. Praise God. And so this was a case where this woman had a need of living water. In other words, the person of the Holy Spirit, but she was asking Jesus for ordinary water. Praise God. And Jesus was saying that if only you knew Praise God, who it is that is here with you, you would have asked much more than what you are currently asking of. Praise God. And my prayer today is that by virtue of what the Lord will be opening our eyes to, that would inform us on how we should approach the throne of grace. Praise God. Again, a similar instance happened with Philip and Jesus. And Jesus was telling them that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And he said, if you have known me, you would have known my Father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And said, show me the Father. And Christ reacted and said, have I been with you for so long and yet you have not known me? For me, I consider Christ saying it's an insult that I have spent X amount of period with you, perhaps three years, because we know that his ministry started at 30 and he died at 33. So I have been with you for 30, for three good solid years. And yet you don't know what I've been saying since, that you don't need to see the Father. The Father is present in your midst. Remember, the Bible said that if you children know how to give good gifts, how much more shall your father give unto you? In other words, everything Philip was lacking was in his midst, but he did not know. Praise God. Everything that Philip needed for his next level was right there in his midst and he did not know. And Jesus said, if only you knew, praise God, I have been with you for so long, yet you don't know who the father is. Praise the Lord. And that is why Apostle Paul, whenever I read this scripture, I can't, count how many times I've read this passage. Ephesians chapter 1 from verses 15. Paul was saying about time will not let me read the entirety of the scripture but the verse 17 is said that God the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom hallelujah and revelation in the knowledge of him. Praise God everything on this earth functions by knowledge. Praise God. A man of God said that any exam you fail is not because you did not know anything, but you did not know enough. 
Praise God. And so you see that the essence or the quality of our lives is dependent of the knowledge of Christ that we are able to host. Praise God. And he said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us that believe. Hallelujah. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seats him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every other name that is named not only in this age, but in the ages to come. Praise God. In other words, the secret of the believer is resident in this knowledge. Praise God. Kenneth Hagin of blessed memory, when it comes to the word of faith movement, he's known for the one who taught on the authority of the believer. Praise God. In other words, what you truly have because Christ has died and his reason and he's still another of the father and so for us here in church we are in the season of easter and it's very necessary that we understand what christ has obtained for you and i praise god and that's why we are looking at the path to recovery because there is a system in place you know pastor chris will say that you know spirituality is practicable in other words based on science we know one plus one is equals to two Praise God. In other words, if I add one to another, I'm bound to get two. So when it comes to the things of the spirit, that's why whenever Jesus encountered a problem, the Bible said that he himself, knowing what to do, there is always something we must do for every situation we face. And until we know what to do, we will always be shortchanged. Am I making sense? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that is why in the book of Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16, now the Bible says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths, the good way, hallelujah, and walk in it. And it says, then you will find rest for your souls. Praise God. Then you would find rest for your souls. And so in order to capture what we're talking about today, the very first thing that I wanted to settle in our hearts is that for anybody who has lost anything, praise God, with no limits to whatever it is, for anyone who has lost anything, it is God's idea that you recover. Praise God. And so perhaps you're wondering, God, is this possible? Perhaps I lost money. Perhaps I lost friends. Perhaps I lost opportunities. Perhaps I have made mistakes in the past. And you are wondering, can I ever recover from this? My answer to you based on scripture, not based on my human permutations, based on scripture, it is God's idea that you recover. Praise God. If you look at the Bible in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus was saying, according to what was said in Isaiah 61, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Praise God. And he says, part of what that anointing came to do is to bring recovery of sight to those who are blind. Praise God. And so when you look at what does recovery mean? What does recovery mean? The dictionary says that recovery is a return to a normal state of health, mind or strength. Praise God. Perhaps in your body, you, you know, when you are sick, you begin to remember those days, what it felt to be normal. 
Praise God. I remember when this whole COVID-19 started and I began to show symptoms. And all of a sudden, I began to remind myself. I mean, I remember when I used to just stand up the way I wanted and nothing would happen to me. But all of a sudden, I'm constrained in this bed and I began to pray. I said, no, this cannot be. Hallelujah. And glory to God for healing. And so here again, it says, recovery also means action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. Praise God. Recovery of something that has been stolen or lost. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. And so last Sunday, and I began to take us through steps, different steps, or what are the things that you are supposed to do in order to recover. And I said, number one of them is that you must first of all acknowledge God from the onset. Praise God. The Bible showed us that example in the life of David. You know, the Bible said that, and David came back and everything he had was gone. Praise God. Property, resources. Remember, David had not become king at this point in time. And so one will say that he's up and coming. Praise God. And all of a sudden, you come back from your endeavor and everything is gone. Not only have you lost property, the enemy has stolen what you love most. His wives and children were gone. Praise God. And the same thing were with the men. You know, when I read that scripture, I began to ask myself, isn't this life funny? That the same people who you helped are the ones who are carrying stones to stone you. Praise God. Because when you read in 1 Samuel 22, the Bible says that when David was in the cave of Adullam, several men came to him who were in debt, who were impoverished, and David refined this, this man's lives. And all of a sudden, as a result of life's challenges, praise God. You know, Joyce Meyer will say that in a, in a, in a soap dispenser, you don't know the content of the dispenser until you apply pressure. Praise God. And so for us as human beings, you may have friends, but until pressure is applied on that relationship, you don't truly know what they're capable of doing. Praise God. And so for that reason, when pressure came, the same people who he helped were the ones who were picking stone. Little wonder Jesus, that these same people who he came to save were saying, crucify him, crucify him. Hallelujah what it is when eyes are blinded praise the lord hallelujah and so david here understood that if i am going to recover all that i have lost i must first of all start with god remember when solomon was writing the book of proverbs these were the things that he learned from his father and one of them was that the fact that in all your ways you must what acknowledge god praise god and so David acknowledged that God is the one. If I'm going to recover anything I've lost, I must first and foremost acknowledge that God is the one who would restore. And so David inquired of God and said, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And God gave him a favorable response. Praise God. God gave him a favorable response. Number two is that you must remain in joy. Praise God. You must remain in joy. Little wonder Paul says rejoice again. I say what? Rejoice. Hallelujah. Why is joy so important in the journey of recovery? 
we'll, ex- we'll understand that reason why. In the verse 6 of that first Samuel chapter 30, the Bible says that David was greatly distressed. Praise God. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. It says, but, hallelujah. You see, the difference between two people in the same experience is that they applied two different principles. Praise God. And so when life comes to test you, your response matters a whole lot. Praise God. I recall an incident that happened in my life. I would say that if I have top three most challenging times in my life, I would say that's one of, if not number one. August 2016. Mind you, I've been praying to God for so long concerning the health of my dad. I've had dreams of my father being healed, being fully restored. I did not understand what that dream meant. And so every time I will share with my dad, I will encourage him, I will strengthen him that I know God is going to heal you. And to God be the glory, he gave his life to Christ. And now, come August 2016, sorry, 2017, sorry. On the 1st of August, my wife came back from work. Then she was pregnant for our first child, Jesse. And she said that my manager at work is all of a sudden, it's like as if she has um, a racial bias towards me because um, I've been winning awards for best employee in my department and all those things. But all of a sudden, she's saying I'm facing a disciplinary issue. Before we can even think of what's going on, all of a sudden, my wife is facing a panel. Long story cut short, she was relieved of her job. Praise God. And mind you, she's due to give birth in September. And all of a sudden, I'm wondering, if she loses her job in August, that means she's not even entitled to maternity pay or whatever it is. I'm like, God, how are we going to do this? Anyway, we, we carried on trusting God. On the 3rd of August, I got to work. My boss told me, you have been doing a fantastic job. However, the business is going through a turbulent time and we need to reduce your hours from a full-time job to just two days a week. I said, no problem. I came home and I told my wife, it is well. On the 4th of August, on a Friday, we gathered here to pray. Our Friday prayer meetings, thank God for there, no COVID-19. So we can come here on a Friday evening for us to pray. Myself and Dr. Austin. And my mom kept on calling me. I was wondering, why is she calling me? Why is she calling me? And so I just stepped outside. All of a sudden, I answered the phone. She said, your father is gone. I was numb. I did not know what to feel. All of a sudden, I've embraced the news. Okay, my, my dad has gone to be with the Lord. But now the question is, how do I tell my wife? Because she's pregnant. And I got home. I can't forget the way my wife looked at me. And she said, why is all these things happening to us? And she started crying. And I said, look, perhaps this is a test. And how we are going to get out of it is dependent on our response to that test. Praise God. So when you bring that thing to the story of David, David lost his wives. He lost properties. The same thing with this man, but the responses were different. Praise God. 
Because you see, the Bible says, but David did what? He what? Strengthened himself in the Lord. In other words, he understood the relevance of joy. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Why is joy so important in the journey of recovery? Look at what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 12, Isaiah 12 from verse 3 to 5. It says, therefore, with joy, you will what? Draw water from the wells of salvation. Praise God. In other words, where your solution lies, it takes joy to access it. Praise God. Where your solution lies, where your salvation is, the only password to accessing that place in the realm of the spirit is joy. Joy is a fetcher. With joy, you can access deep things in God. And the Bible says, and in that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. And it says, sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Hallelujah. It takes joy to act. And that's why you see, whenever challenge comes, your response matters. The things you say in those moments, in the heat of the moment, when the pressure is so much, dictates whether you are qualified to go to the next level or not. Whether you are qualified to recover or not. Because the Bible says, and David did what? Encouraged himself in the Lord. There is a need when challenges come. And I said here that every adversity is a test. And until we pass it, there's no next level. Praise God. In academics, you don't go to the next class until you pass the exam. Praise God. And so, in the dealings of God, in the school of the spirit, the Bible said that the essence of our Christianity is that till we all come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And so, if we are going to approach or mature in the things of God, there is a need for us to do what? mature and maturity comes in the place of pressure praise god and i said that it's in this place of joy that instruction for recovery is received praise god it's in the place of joy that instruction for the next level is received why because the bible says in that first samuel 37 to 8 then, with, after David had encouraged himself in the Lord, what did he do? He asked Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort and David inquired of the Lord. You see, you cannot access deep mysteries with a grudging spirit. Praise God. You cannot access deep mysteries with a grudging spirit. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, enter into the courts of God with what? With thanksgiving. There is a need for you and I to ensure, and that's why you see, joy is not, is not passive, it's deliberate. Joy doesn't just suddenly happen. Praise God. You know, when it comes to happiness, Events will happen that you don't even expect and you'll be happy. But you see, when it comes to things of joy, it's deliberate. In other words, irrespective of what is going on, I choose to rejoice. That's why Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord. Again, 
I say what? Rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three. I have to hurry up. Number three. You must understand that in the journey of recovery, you will need people. Praise God. You will need people. You know, oftentimes we masquerade our spirituality with pride. We assume that, oh, because I know God, I don't need you. No. Your answer is in the hand of somebody. Praise God. Because David understood this in the verse 30 verse 9 it says and david went because even if david had received instruction only david could not destroy the amalekites praise god he needed people and so when it comes to the things of recovery acknowledge the fact that you would need people and that leads me to the next point you must select the right people Praise God. There is a difference between needing people and the right people. You know, someone said the right people would hear you differently. Praise God. They are the ones that will see the things that you are seeing. Praise God. They are the ones whom God has sent your way. They are the Aaron's and the Hors who would help you in the journey of recovery. And that is why the Bible says in the verse 10 that both David pursued he and 400 men. Why? Because 200 stayed behind because they were tired. You see, in this journey of life, there are some friends you would have. They wish you well, but they cannot go well with you. Praise God. Their intentions for you is well. That's fine. But when push comes to shove, can you go the end with me? They cannot go. You don't need to be offended. It is just the design of God in that journey. Because there are some people whom God will send your way, who will say, your sword is my sword. Your shield is my shield. Whoever giant you fight, we will fight it together. Praise God. That is an evidence of having the right person. And that's why someone said, find the right people and not the best people. Praise God. There is between the right person and the best person. Praise God. The best is that I've searched of all this. I mean, when you pick clothes, praise God. Say, for instance, you haven't done your laundry. And you come and you see that you want to wear something clean. But all your be all your ideal clothes are not clean. And so you look for the best of the worst. Am I making sense? But when it comes to the right person, everything blends. They tick all the boxes. Praise God. And that's why in the journey of recovery, you must select the right person. Praise God. Number four. Or number what now? Five. Okay, thank God. People are following. Praise God. You must take action. You must pursue. And this is where fear would come into play. God is saying, take steps. Because God could have spoken to David and David would have still remained where he is. Praise God. And that's why Joshua 1 verse 9, God was Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, the beauty of this stage of recovery is that any step you take as instructed by God is committed to work. Not because of what you did, but because of what God said. 
Hallelujah. Not because of what you... Remember, you see that when it comes to the God's manifest or his plans being made manifest, he needs our cooperation. Praise God. But it's not based on our labor. It's just based on the fact that God is in our midst. Praise God. And that's why, you know, a lady sang a song. She said, you make the little things that I do seem like big things. It's not because I put in big effort. No, it's because God is with me. And so in the journey of recovery, it is because God, you will surely, any little thing you do, you will recover because God is with you. But this is the last point, which many of us get it wrong, is that you must sow seeds of thanksgiving. Praise God. Many times we recover and we think that's the end. Praise God. But there is something we must do to keep that which we have recovered. Why? Because when God is restoring, he always restores more than what we lost. That is to show that I am God. Hallelujah. Whenever we recover, we recover more. Than, that's why you see anybody who is walking with God... Whenever they experience loss and they recover, their life is better than it was when they lost that thing. Praise God. But you see, what makes that recovery permanent is this last point. David had recovered everything and he took all the spoils. Praise God. And the Bible says in the verse 26 that when David had reached Ziglag, he sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends, saying, Here is a gift for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemies. There are people that God will be placing in your heart at those times. These are the people who will proclaim blessings that will seal whatever God has done. Remember, I said that you need people in this journey. You need people every step of the way. Particularly those, the voice of elders, the voice of, of people who have influence over you, whom God honors their declarations over you. Praise God. That at the instance of your recovery, you must go and sow seeds of thanksgiving. You know, just to round up, I remember having a conversation with my mom one day. And I said, the truth is that I don't consider myself the most intelligent person praise god but i noticed that all throughout my career every god has never let me suffer shame and i said perhaps because she was trying to tell me to speak to my younger brother because he just got a job and my mom was saying you know why don't you ask him to go and sow seed in this person's life this person who has helped him along the journey just go and sow seeds and say thank you and I said, mommy, because you have a point. Because I remember when I had finished school and I, and my very first salary when I was in the bank, I just bought something small. I gave my grandmother, I gave my uncles, those who are, who played key roles in my life. And they prayed for me. Not that they needed it. Praise God. There are people that you sow seeds in their life that they need. No. Because, you know, the Bible said that the, 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 the greater, is blessed of the lesser praise god. or the lesser is blessed of the greater praise god in other words there are people in your life that god would direct you to not that they need what you are giving but for them to for god to honor their declarations over your life 
And I said, perhaps that is what has been keeping me all throughout my journey. Because I have never in my life suffered shame. It may look like as if there's a setback, but God, things always become far better than it was when that challenge came. Praise God. And that is God's idea for you and I this morning. That God is saying, recover. He says, pursue, overtake, and surely you would recover. But however, the Bible says that indeed, that if you will do these things, I will liken you as wise people. Praise God. Why don't you just bow your heads even as we pray? So many things have been said and perhaps you're wondering, but Lord, what is it that you are saying to me? That Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the grace of obedience. The Bible said that indeed that if you will obey, you will eat the good of the land. Therefore, Father, in the name of Jesus, O God in heaven, we pray for the grace of obedience. That Lord, O God in heaven, we will obey every instruction as directed in the name of Jesus. That Lord, when we recover, O God, it will be our declaration saying, come and see what the lord has done for the bible says that when the lord restored the captivity of zion they were like they that dreamt and they said what a thing that the lord has done wherein we are glad therefore father in the name of jesus so god in heaven i pray over everyone that is hearing my voice perhaps they have lost one thing or the other that lord in the name of jesus oh god restore that Lord, you would restore in the name of Jesus and that your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. But again, before I close, there are some people here who are watching me or those who are here. You are yet to give your life to Jesus. Remember I said that the very first step to recovery is that you must acknowledge God from the beginning. And therefore, until you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you will continually suffer loss. It is not God's design, but it's just the protocols must be observed. And for that reason, if you are yet to give your life to Jesus, why don't you say this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me. And on the cross of Calvary, O God in heaven, you shed your blood. I confess myself as a sinner. I ask that you will have mercy on me. Cleanse me with your blood. And grant me the privilege to live in the realities of the new creation. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. If you have said this prayer, allow me to say congratulations. Welcome into the family of the beloved. As you can see on the bottom of your screen, there's an email address there. Why don't you please send an email to us here in church? And we will indeed provide resources relevant for your growth. God desires that you and I grow. And you'll be blessed for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.